This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. That was awesome. That was probably one of the most, I don't know, energetic, would you say? One <laughs> of the recent ones. It was fun. That was fun. Isn't it great that we just have the freedom to just worship like that? Isn't it great that, like, who was here last week, for example? Wasn't that great? This is just our second week of the um, Encounter Jesus. Uh, last week, we had Gary Hayes come, and he brought the word, and that was great. Um, if you're there, you're blessed by that. If not, you can listen to it online. I highly recommend it. But yeah, isn't it great that Jesus just set us free in about every area that we can think of? Because we, we're in Canada, so we have the freedom to worship, the freedom to speech. We have the freedom to do all these things. It's great that Canada is a free country. Uh, and personally, I'm just grateful for the freedom I've had. Um, one of my, part of my story, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, my name's Stuart. Um, I actually grew up in a Christian household, going to church. And one of the things I'm grateful for is just the fact that Jesus actually came to set us free from even things like religion or rule sets um, that aren't really constructive. Jesus gave us a way to live that is beneficial to us. Um, but when I was growing up, I, I knew all the things in my head. I had a lot of things that, going to Sunday school, going every week, I, I knew all this stuff, but not a lot of it actually sunk into my heart. And so if you're willing to open up this morning, then, uh, then I'm willing to say that what's about to be said today, if you just let it sink into your heart, can change the way that we see God, can change the way that you live your life, which is great. So when I was asked to speak uh, here at Impact, I thought I need to kind of just do some research on what other speakers do, uh, just to have a good idea of what's going on. Um, So I kind of came up with a couple things that I thought would help me and be beneficial to being able to speak. Uh, So the first one is memorize the phrase, amen, insert name here, praise Jesus, hallelujah, moving on. (laughs) Amen, good words to it, praise Jesus, hallelujah, moving on. The second one is, uh, compliment your spouse. <laughs> Amen, praise Jesus, hallelujah, moving on. The, uh, and then the third one is that it's all good. No matter what it is, it's all good. All of those phrases can get you through any awkward moment, so I may go back to those a few times here. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so what I wanted to say is, like, don't miss the Deeper Night on January 27th. I just want to, like, come back to that again, because that's basically all the Deeper Night is, is just worship like tonight, but the whole time, and we're just going to let God do what it is. It's a great time. We actually have a few less chairs, so if you want to come up and dance and move around, it's a great time for that. Um, but we're diving into freedom today, so I wanted to ask, like, what do you think of when you hear freedom? You might be thinking of Freedom from debt, first thing. Amen. (laughs) Praise Jesus. Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) Student debt. Um, Bills. We all have bills to pay. Uh, Maybe it's something like pain. Maybe it's emotional pain or physical. Maybe you, like, hit your uh, thumb with a hammer recently um, or daily, some people. Um, It just happens. Um, Freedom from responsibility is another one that if you were to ask and I would list you what I would want freedom from, responsibilities is one of those things that would probably just come up on the list, right? Um, from work, because if we had all our free time, we could choose what we wanted to do with that. Um, from kids, every once in a while, right? 
um, from the noise, um, and then from me, like I was saying, from what I would call religion. Because Jesus is here to encounter us today. He's here to encounter you in a personal way. And he came to fulfill the law and to not bring a religion, but to bring people into restoration with a relationship of Jesus Christ with God. So maybe you're thinking those are some of the things that would come up immediately when you think of freedom. Uh, So I just want to jump over to Matthew 6, verse 25, uh, in the English Standard Version. It says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? It's really interesting because in this phrase, he's actually talking to Pharisees uh, that are just continuously hounding him with questions like, hmm, are you really who you say you are? Hmm. And he's just like, don't even worry. He's talking to his disciples and he's just like, look, don't even worry about what is happening tomorrow. All of these things God will provide for you. But it also says, don't be anxious about your life. And it says, therefore I tell you, like what you drink, wear, body, is life not more than food? Is your body not more than clothing? So today we're hoping to take a look into this perspective that God has over our lives. That's more than food and more than clothing, more than the actual physical here. Um, The one thing I want to start with is the fact that freedom is often misunderstood or half understood. I think there's a fullness in freedom that we're looking to unlock today. I want to look at what the Bible says about freedom and what God says about freedom. So a while back, you may have been, uh, been here when we did this uh, sermon series called Straight Out of Context. And the first day of that was looking into how to research the Bible, how to dive into what some of the original languages mean, how to look that up. Um, I did the internship, uh, so I spent a bit of time doing that there as well, kind of going through the process of um, those courses. And I've also been to another Bible school. And so uh, one of my favorite things is actually looking at the original language. So in Hebrew... Uh, I decided to pull up the word freedom. For any of the keeners, it's actually uh, H2668 in your strongest concordance. I'll get you right to it. And freedom in the original Hebrew means this. Freedom. (laughs) I honestly looked, and there's a couple variations of it, but freedom in the original language of Hebrew means freedom. And there's nothing more or nothing deeper to it than that. That's really all it is. So Jesus wants, point number one for today is we're going to go through five things about freedom. And point number one is that Jesus wants our freedom. It says in Galatians 5 verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ died to set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Use the word freedom like two times in like one sentence to make his point. For freedom that he set you free. Just to make it clear as possible. Um, Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, Even as he chose us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless in his sight and in love. So Christ's freedom for us to restore us to the Father is the plan that Jesus had, that God had from the beginning. If you can believe that, then you can connect with him today. It's everything that Christ died for. What Jesus came for, his goal, when he said, it's for freedom that I set you free, was his going to the cross 
to pay for our sins so that we can have that connection. In the beginning, in Genesis, uh, it says that we were free. We actually had free will. We had free choice. And Christ came to restore us to that. So some of us might be wondering what freedom really is. And so in the original Hebrew, yes, there's no further translation. Freedom means freedom. Um, The actual English definition of the word freedom is something that I want to look at today. And it says this. Um, That freedom is the power or ability to choose. We can choose to go back to our old way or what's comfortable. So just like Austin here, um, obviously I've tied him up. He was my hostage. But if I set him free... The chair is comfortable, and he can choose to walk away or stand up and be free from that, or he can choose to go back and sit down again. And especially when things are comfortable, it's really easy to choose to go back to those things. So he will now choose to exit. But it's actually a really pressing issue, especially in our culture and society, when everything is about how we feel, what's comfortable, what makes us comfortable. In Isaiah 43, verse 18, uh, Jesus said this, Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. And again, he's talking to a multitude at this point. But he's saying, like, when you meet Jesus, your life is not the same. Don't remember these things that you've been doing before. Don't remember your ways that you've been living before, but you need to change. And it's not going back to what's comfortable, but choose to look forward and don't look at the past. Second Peter, verse two, or Second Peter 2, verse 20, uh, says, And when people escape from the wickedness of the world, knowing the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved in sin again, they're worse off than they were before. But it says here that, when people escape from wickedness, the, the world, by knowing Lord and Savior Jesus. So there's, first thing is you've been set free. You have that freedom at this point. And then get tangled up and enslaved in sin again. Again. And again. Again being the fact that it's not the way that they were living. They've started this transition. Then they were us off from before. Jesus is really saying that you have the power to choose in your freedom. So under freedom is the ability to choose. We can choose to follow God, but we can also choose not to. And I want to tell you a story about two brothers that um, also grew up kind of around the church area, but more just as friends. Um, And they both lived out what they had in their hearts. They both were musicians of some point, um, and they were on this band together, and it kind of came to a point where a leader in that church uh, had a falling out, and then that band didn't go anymore. And a lot of their connection to that church was through that band. And And so it came time to decide or choose how they were going to live the rest of their lives. So one of them said, maybe a falling out is not the representation of God. Because I know who God is. I know who he says he is. I know his word. So despite 
other people's failures, I'll choose to follow God. And the other brother decided, this can't be what God really is, so I'm going to live for myself. And from that point on, the, the path that they had walked in life close together uh, started to split and, and grew apart, whereas one emotionally in, in struggling, trying to find God, would eventually find him and realize he's been there the whole time, whereas the other would continue down this spiral of knowing who God is, but choosing to live for himself. And it just keeps getting worse. And this person, brother number one, that knows who God is and chooses God, sacrifices things. They were friends. They get invited out to parties where they just know people are going to end up drunk or out of their mind or doing things that aren't smart even, just on a basic level. But he says, I'm not going to do that. Um, And he makes every attempt to go to youth group on Thursday nights at the church office and, and make it to church and do everything that he can to connect with God or find what the truth really is. And the other brother says, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to live for myself. And they still talk. They're still friends. They're still connected, but there's no longer the same relationship. I don't know. Maybe some other people feel the same way today. But this spiral of misery that keeps going down when this other brother chooses to live for himself comes to a point where they meet back up again. Um, They go to a different church, and he says, I don't know why I'm living this way. I don't want to. When he's enslaved by sin again. And it comes to the point where he can't get out of the way he's living, and he chooses not to, and he gets uh, all stubborn with it. Uh, It's actually a true story, uh, but the point that I'm making is this. You can choose continuously with your freedom. Joshua 24, verse 15. And if it is evil in the eyes of the Lord to ser- or in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served um, in the region beyond the river, or the gods of Amorites uh, in whose land you dwell. But for me and my house, you will serve the Lord. Can I just say that there is power in choosing to serve the Lord in your life, but also in all the relationships around you. You need to be able to choose that regardless of if your relationship is serving the Lord, that you will, in your relationship, serve the Lord with friends, with anyone that you can. And he says, choose this day who you will serve. Point number three under freedom is the ability to choose. We must deny ourselves. Our nature is to look, uh, to look out for ourselves, you know, an eye for an eye, that kind of a thing, to be self-aware and to be conscious of that. I, um, when I was, uh, I was just working, but when I'm working, I need to take the bus. Uh, I've been busing across the city for a while now. Um, sometimes that means that you are cutting schedules really tight and running for a bus because the buses are also not on time all the time, and you need to be there five minutes beforehand so that when they're five minutes late, you're there. And so there was a time when I was running for the bus, I had my backpack, I was heading to work, and that was great. There was some person on just the sidewalk, and I honestly don't know the situation, but they decided to, for whatever reason, let me off, put up the middle finger. 
They had some reason for it. I had no idea what was going on. Basically, at that point, I was like actually insanely angry at that one. Normally, it's not a huge deal, but for some reason, I took exception to this. I had somewhere to go. You weren't even in my way. What possible reason could you have to be angry with me? And that welled up inside me. And I turned around, and I felt the tug of the Holy Spirit say, forgive. And if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, it's so little, small, insignificant. It's like a very small thing to even be worried about at all. Especially when the buses still come out, I still need to go. But I turned around, I looked at him, and I just heard this like word, forgive. And let me tell you, my emotions were not with that. Let's be real. Sometimes we hear the voice of God, but our emotions are not with that. We're just not feeling the same way. But I made that choice to forgive this guy. I don't know who he is. And turned around and walked away. I made the bus. And, but walking away from that, choosing with my freedom to forgive, was the actual most freeing thing. To the point of the, there was a weight being lifted off of me, even just walking away to the bus. And I say, like, choose in the small things to serve the Lord. Because the small things will build up to the big things. Matter of fact, the same day I had an opportunity to witness to someone at work. And it was just by the leading of God, um, just choosing to follow him and everything. But if we don't keep ourselves in check or, like, choose consistently, we have the ability as humans, as we are, just to fall back into being self-aware and being angry. And just turning and an eye for an eye coming back at them. Sometimes we don't feel like it, but our emotions are to be aligned with God. And we need to submit those to him. Sometimes we don't feel like reading the word. It's a big book. It's really big. It's got a lot of stuff I don't understand. There's a lot of translations. Um, There's one out there that's probably comparable. So look for that one for sure. But like, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And it's not always appetizing to go through a genealogy of names you can't pronounce or understand. (laughs) Not that I've been doing that recently. Maybe. Probably have. So sometimes we don't feel like it. But we have to understand that it's the best thing for us. Connecting with God in every way possible is the best thing for us. And the foundation for that is the Bible, the word that he gave us. The more... the, the, The word spiritually is the inverse or the opposite of hunger. The more you read the word, the more you connect with God, the hungrier you are for him. It's not in the natural, but in the spiritual, that's how hunger works. You have a hunger in your spirit, and it's it's like it's a sleeper. But the more you connect with God, the more you connect with him, the more you read the word, the the deeper you go, and the more hungrier for for him you are. So yeah, in Luke 9.23, just like Jesus was saying, he actually says, I was looking for a verse for this point that says, we must deny ourselves. So Luke 9, verse 23 is not on the screen, but it says, they must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me daily. So I thought that was a pretty good verse to say exactly that. Um, The other thing here is that Jesus said we have to follow him daily. Picking up our cross, making our sacrifices, choosing to follow him every single day. It's a continuous choice, which means this. It means freedom is active. If you are passive about your choices, if you are passive about your freedom, you may fall back into your old ways. But freedom is an active choice every day to continuously follow him in every option that we have. 
We must choose based on God's word and maybe not on our own. So, where does freedom come from? How do I experience freedom? Well, freedom is very simply laid out. This is something you've probably heard before, but point three is that the truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. And I will start with saying this, it's the truth. Not a truth, not your truth, not some truth, but it is the truth that sets us free. We have our beliefs, our opinions, uh, and our thoughts, etc., but the truth is fact. The truth is defined by the word of God. We have to choose his word, which says the truth there. John 14, verse 6, Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus himself said, I am the truth. The word of God is the truth. John 14, verse 17, um, which is just down the line on the, on the page, says, The spirit of the truth the world cannot receive because they do not know him. Have you ever wondered why the truth in our culture and your workplace is so skewed or perceptional or just out there? Some people's version of the truth doesn't seem anything near what actually happened. You know, we have judges as an occupation to figure out what the truth actually is or what actually happened because what people's view of the truth is is so skewed. But it says the truth they can't receive because they don't know him, being Jesus. So Jesus is the truth. In Genesis, at the beginning, the Holy Spirit, God, and the Son, they all got together and they said, Let's make earth. Let's make humans. Uh, That'll be cool. So they did that, and then they did it in their likeness. Most Bibles will say in their likeness, which means that we were like God. Adam was like God. Eve was like God. And they walked with them. And the thing is, from the creation, from the purpose and the origin, they were like God. And then a serpent came and said, eat this tree, which God told them that's the only thing you can't do, by the way. Eat from this tree, and you will be like God, knowing what is right and what is wrong. And the mistake is actually just believing that we were not like God in that moment. What God said was the truth. He said, I have created you in my image. We were like him. Choose God's word of the truth in your situation. Uh, Under the truth shall shall set you free. Half-truths. Do not set you free. They keep you comfortable. In Matthew 4, uh, Jesus actually is baptized, led into the wilderness, and then he is being tempted uh, by the tempter himself. And the tempter starts with one saying, if you are the son of God, which he knows he is. First thing he's doing is attacking his identity. If you are who you say you are. Throw yourselves down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their heads, hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, the tempter is quoting scripture here. That is actually from uh, Psalms, I believe. But the funny thing about that verse is, and this is, I just find this so entertaining, if you go to the Psalms for that verse, it is actually the destruction of the enemy in a prophetic word where the son crushes the snake on his heel. That's what that verse is from. 
So the devil doesn't even know what he's talking about. So, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Is that in this situation, you're presented with something that is true. That, that verse is in there. In the correct context, it means something. Here, it's used as a temptation. And Jesus responds with, it is written, do not test the Lord your God. Because that is also what God said. It is the truth. Truth is fact, not our opinion or perspective. It's good to keep that in mind when we are choosing with our freedom God's word instead of our own. So how do we hear God's word? How do we hear God? Well, the first thing we need to look at and understand is that we can hear God. It is totally possible. We totally can. He's speaking to you always. The thing is, the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit, tends to be a little bit quieter than everything else in our lives. It takes intention to hear. We, uh, over Christmas break, we had lots of family over, um, and over the New Year's, we had lots more family over, and all of my sisters have kids now, which means there's a lot more noise at my parents' place over the Christmas break. It's, it's a lot of things going on, whereas it didn't used to be. So, now with having all these kids around, we, when we finally get to play games, for example, it's like, oh, yes, joy, fun, yay, fun, everyone's so tired because taking care of kids. But we're playing games, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good, it's great, it's fun. But the funny thing is that we're not really paying attention to the kids at this point, they've gone to bed, but my sister hears the tiniest whimper. Despite the noise, because we're playing a game, we're putting things down, we're talking to each other, despite the noise around her, hears the tiniest whisper and, like, perks up, and then goes and leaves, goes down the hall. She heard her kid at the other end of the house, despite the noise around. The reason she can do that is because she's lived so long with her and is so attuned to her voice that despite the noise around her, she can hear it, identify it, and go respond to it. We need to spend enough time with God that despite the noise around us, we can hear it, identify it, and respond to it. So what has the voice of God been whispering to you? What is the last thing that he spoke to you? That's a great place to start. What God says will align with the Bible. That is the reason that the Bible is here. It's to give context to what God is speaking to us. That's why he left it for us. So, what do we do when we think we hear the voice of God? Well, the first thing is, we have to respond to him. We have to understand that Jesus is the author of freedom. It was destined before everything began. His goal, everything he came for, was to bring freedom. Jesus must be brought into our situation to set us free. Sometimes we expect something from God when we actually don't seek God in that area. The world alone has that perspective of God sometimes, of God, why didn't this happen when they themselves would neglect God from even being in that situation at all? We must respond to the Holy Spirit. We have to hear him, identify his voice, and respond to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know where I can go with this. But in James 1 verse 5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
And I can say that in God's case, it's more than just wisdom. But if any of you lack strength, if any of you lack boldness, if any of you lack identity, you can ask God who freely gives to those who ask him. If you feel like you need to bring God into a situation, into a relationship, or you have a right that you need freedom uh, just brought into, and you're not sure how to change, you're not sure how to do that, ask God who gives freely. This next point is something I think is really relevant in our current generation. But this is, this is good. It says, Jesus asked if people wanted to be made well. In John 5, verse 6, uh, he's leaving through a gate. There's a paralyzed man by a pool of water. So he's like so close. And Jesus went up to him and said, do you want to be made well? His response, by the way, was, I don't have the means because I am paralyzed, basically is what he said. Like, I can't physically be made well. I can't wash myself. I can't do anything like that. And then Jesus responded with, get up, go into the pool, and wash yourself. And the man got up. But here's the thing is, do we want to be made well? If you are convinced of something, you can be convinced out of it. If you argue someone into the kingdom, someone else can argue them out. But it's meeting with Jesus, his freedom, that comes, that brings the real relationship, that brings breakthrough here. But do we want to be made well? Do we want to be made free? Do we want to have Jesus in our relationships? Do we want to have the freedom that he brings? Can I tell you, you do. <laughs> yes, yes, we do want that. It is the most freeing thing and it's the best thing. Sometimes if we don't see it in the exact moment, but it is the best thing for us. But Jesus asked if people wanted to be made well. And if, we, if the answer is, is maybe no, then have we given up hope on being free in that area? We need to ask God to give us hope for being free again. Are we willing to change? In John 5 verse 14, after healing people, he said, uh, go and sin no more. Because they were sinning before. Realistically, we have to be willing to change. And so I said, I'm saying, God, God, help us, help me change. Actively live a life pursuit of following him in every step, in every decision, in every relationship that we have. Can we make the mindset change to actually choose him in every situation? If there's a situation maybe that you're feeling today that you keep coming into a rut where you're like my friend who um, has been continuously stuck going through the same things, maybe your answer is, I don't know why I'm doing this. Maybe you don't want to be doing it, but you're still doing it. Sometimes that means God, uh, well, God needs to set me free, for example. I want to end with, with this. If you are bound, Jesus can set you free. If you find yourself choosing your old ways, Jesus can give you strength. I have a couple of quotes. A guy named Matty Montgomery said this. He said, the cost is great. The cost of following Jesus is great, but the reward is greater. Jesus gave us his everything, and he demands our everything. If it doesn't cost you anything, is it worth anything? Freedom cost Jesus everything. Our freedom, not his, our freedom, cost Jesus 
everything. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 